Good morning to you. 7.32. A global ransomware attack has caused panic among public officials and private citizens alike, crippling more than 200,000 computers in over 150 countries over the weekend. Hospitals, production facilities, transportation companies... Health services, the list goes on. They've been affected with these messages on screens saying, oops, your files have been encrypted, demanding initially a Bitcoin ransom worth $300 with the promise of that figure rising with failure to comply. Let's discuss first uh, an international look on this a cyber security expert based in the UK, which has been particularly hit hard, Becky Pinkard from Digital Shadows. Thank you very much for taking the time. Hi, yes, happy to be here and help out. Um, so is, is this a major wake-up call, would you say? Um, I think it's probably a wake-up call for a lot of organizations in that they've not experienced something of this nature for several years. Um, you know, some of the most recent things we saw of this nature would have been things like Conficker, and uh, that was already, you know, seven years ago. So there's, I think, a whole raft of people who are working in industry right now, securing companies um, who just don't have the familiarity with this type of worm and this type of action. Can you just explain to us, you know, in in the whole raft of of hacking stories and cyber threats surrounding the political elections we've had, for example, what's different about ransomware? What's so distinct about WannaCry as this software is known? Well, ransomware in and of itself, um, the thing that makes it or distinguishes it is the fact that it actually encrypts the um, user's system. Um, Once encrypted, then the user has to pay the ransom in order to decrypt their files, or at least that's the way it's supposed to work. Um, WannaCry is distinctive because of the warming component to it, so the way that it spreads so quickly from one system to another system to another system once it's gained a foothold within an organization. And, and is there no way that uh, we can sort this out with some IT expert ourselves? Is is paying the ransom the only way out? No, there's absolutely um, ways to, to take care of it. Um, I think part of the problem, you know, that we've been hit so hard with it in certain areas is because patching is the primary way to take care of this, so putting the patches on your systems, on your Windows systems. Um, patching, however, uh, despite how easy it sounds to do, you know, hey, slap a patch on it, um, is not necessarily um, all that simple when you're dealing with really large, um, disparate, highly complex, you know, global organizations that have lots of different types of systems. They've got lots of different types of applications. And uh, they have lots of problems as well, you know. So patching is just one of the tasks that they have on their many uh, day-to-day um, activities, you know, for securing an organization. Well, now that this issue is getting so much attention, we're seeing four warnings that came before from experts saying that uh, this was an increasing threat. Did this incident still surprise you at all? No, um, and and that's a great point, actually. So my company, Digital Shadows, we actually put out a warning um, back in April whenever the the shadow brokers were the the, um, hacking organization that leaked this data from the NSA. So some of these files that were used in the malware were actually leaked files um, through the shadow brokers' um, activity. We put out a warning at that time saying, look, 
some of the files that have been leaked have this potential um, to take advantage of the, the protocol that's being taken advantage of in this attack, for example. So the warning signs were there. Um, Microsoft had put out patches specifically for this vulnerability as well. So that additional warning sign was there. But this, again, is like uh, anything of this nature. You know, it, it's almost a perfect storm of things when you look at it uh, in retrospect. And it, it seems so easy to see what it was all leading up to. Um, but what we have to remember is that, you know, again, these security teams and folks are, are, being, um, are, are just dealing with an onslaught of activity on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and it is always easy to look backwards and say, you know, why didn't you see those warning signs? Why didn't you take mm -hmm. that as your priority, you know? And, and now we're counting the cost. How significant has the damage been? Uh, and how significant has it continued to be this week with people returning to work around the globe? Well, so that's what we've been closely watching um, through uh, here in London, through the UK today, you know, looking to see as people are coming back into the offices, they're firing systems up perhaps that weren't on Friday afternoon and certainly may not have been on over the weekend. Um, you know, there were several stories going around about um, people putting, you know, red tape across computers and office environments, you know, don't turn this system on, you know, while we work to ensure that the environment is safe. Um, but what we've seen so far is that where systems have been encrypted and files have been encrypted, um, people, if they have backups, you know, then they need to turn to backups to get the information. If they don't have the secured backups, we have seen, and you can monitor the blockchain addresses. You can see some people paying the ransom. The problem is we don't see any indication of decryption keys being offered. So people are simply just paying money for nothing in return, and their files will be um, lost to them at that point, most likely. Well, wow. so that, that's even more concerning, isn't it? Um, I, I mean, it's a question I wanted to ask you. Should individuals ever pay the ransom in this situation? Well, no, best practices in, in security advice and law enforcement legal advice is always, you know, never to pay. Um, for starters, you're, you have to remember you're dealing with, you know, a cyber criminal. At the end of the day, this isn't the same thing as, you know, um, tweeting out about, you know, a bad customer service experience. You're dealing with a cyber criminal who's got their money. They don't necessarily care if you get your files back or not. They're certainly not going to answer a request, you know, through this little contact box that pops up in this um uh, want to cry decryptor page uh, and take the time to figure out the individual keys for each and every one of the uh, the accounts that they've managed to uh, encrypt. So it looks like they're making a little bit of money off this, unless uh, the authorities can track them down and put a stop to their efforts. Um, I mean, ha have actually containment efforts been successful at all? Um, I understand a 22-year-old researcher in the UK was reported to have inadvertently stopped the initial attack. Yeah, that's correct. Um, there is a, um, um, a chap here by the, that goes by the Twitter handle of MalwareTech. And um, basically in the process of doing his job, so his job on a day-to-day -day basis is to monitor these types of things, to look for domains that they can follow so that they can see where payments are happening uh, and traffic and activities are occurring. And he found this domain in the malware and in looking through the malware, and he saw that it was unregistered. So as part of his normal job, he registered it so that then his organization could follow what was happening with this attack, uh, not knowing at the time when he registered it that he was actually um, activating this kill switch. 
So basically, as the malware was continuing to propagate, it was reaching out to this domain. Hey, domain, are you up? Are you up? Are you up? As long as the domain wasn't responding, the malware said, great, I'm going to continue to operate. Once the domain got registered and it started responding, the malware had something inside of it that said, nope, do not complete, you know, shut down. Wow. So it's... It's, uh, it's been pretty tricky and very interesting and, and certainly very interesting to try and relate to people who, you know, don't follow the tech space and don't follow, you know, this type of activity. Certainly is very eye-opening to hear from you on this. It's a subject that's so shadowy. And as you've suggested, these criminals, they operate in the shadows. What are the chances of being able to track them down before maybe more software is developed that hurts us all again? Well, it's um, uh, a lot of the commentary that's happening right now in the security space and amongst security researchers are, um, you know, did the folks that, that perpetrated this, did they know that they were going to kickstart something so huge? Did they know they were going to impact so many countries? Because basically what's happened now is they've got law enforcement agencies from probably over 100 different countries, you know, focused on how are we going to find these individuals? So what everyone is monitoring right now are the actual um, Bitcoin accounts that were created that have been receiving funds um, to see what happens there, to see if the attackers start Mm. trying to move the money, to further hide the money, and to somehow um, then mix it out of those accounts at some point. Could could it, we're we're out of time, but could it in theory be just one individual sitting in the middle of... I don't know, Arizona, the middle of Mongolia, just one person in the middle of somewhere, you know, that that would be not necessarily the first place to be suspected. Um, or, or is it more likely to be a group of very specialized people? Well, there's there's definitely different theories right now. It, it could, in all honesty, it could be one or the other. And what we're going to continue to watch this week is for any telltale signs that give us an indication towards um, one of those ends of the spectrum. Well, thank you very much, Becky Pinkard from Digital Shadows. Really useful to have you on the line. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Becky Pinkard, on the line from London, which has been so hit hard. Um, and, and, and as we say, it's an interesting question, isn't it? Did they really intend to cause this scale, bringing down a, a health system in the UK that actually delayed vital operations for patients? Or was this just about making a bit of pocket money for some student somewhere you know really we don't know that's the problem at this point let's get more of a local perspective professor ibiangte information systems department at the college of business at keist is on the line thank you for joining us thank you uh, so expectations were high that, that damage reports would increase here in korea at the start of a work week uh, it wasn't too bad though was it yesterday uh Yes, it was expected uh, such a big damage, but fortunately, the cases reported in Korea were very small, and damage seems also very limited. According to Korean Internet and Security Agency, KISA, uh, there were uh, inquiries from certain companies, and only nine of them reported some damages, including uh, CGB theaters. Uh, that's all we know now. And this malicious software, it, it infects computers primarily, I understand, through local area network cables. Does that mean that our laptops, our smartphones connected to Wi-Fi are, are safe from attack? 
Yes, uh, this uh, uh, WannaCry, that's the name of the ransomware we are talking about, exploit secret, uh, security weakness of Windows OS, Windows OS and Microsoft file sharing system called SMB. So uh, since our smartphones are mostly used either Apple iOS and Android, they are not vulnerable to this uh, attack. Uh, another reason why the uh, smartphones are, are not targeted because the uh, intention of ransomware is to ask money. So they target uh, the business with a big pocket uh, so that they can sabotage many users to ask the big ransom money. So that's why the, uh, their main target is more uh, business servers than uh individual personal computers or uh, smartphones. But what about businesses operating on Mac, um, that software or operating system? Are they uh, safe? Uh, so far, there is no uh, cases for Mac OS. Uh, the, the Microsoft patched the uh, SMB server me- message block in March. I think that patch seems to have left some security holes, and this software uh, exploiting that. So, uh, so far, macOS is uh, safe in, in this kind of uh, uh, malicious software. Should any of us be affected now or in the future, can you walk us through the necessary steps we should take before even using our computers to prevent this worm from uh, infiltrating uh, our systems? Yeah, it, it's... Uh, Quite simple. Uh, you start your computer without LAN connections, and and uh, uh, through settings, uh, turn on all security measures such as firewall, antivirus settings, etc. Then you restart the computer with the uh, internet connections, either through LAN or wireless. Then apply the latest security update from Microsoft if you have not done so. Then I I think uh, uh, it. This this uh, current one can be uh, mm. uh, uh, prevented, but, but uh, we don't know uh, what kind of a new uh, uh, malicious software they will create. You, you said before the damage hasn't been too bad here, which is something we should be grateful for. But by the same token, earlier studies suggested we were particularly vulnerable third in the ranking of scope of ransomware damage, more broadly speaking. Why is that, and what can be done about it? Uh, there are several reasons. First of all, uh, due to our very unique uh, online banking system, uh, all Koreans are using Microsoft. Uh, you know, uh, to use online uh, banking system, uh, we used to use uh, Microsoft Internet Explorer with uh, ActiveX. So uh, since Microsoft uh, uh, Windows uh, has a last user base, usually they have a more malicious software uh, and even hacking attempt. That's the one reason. And second reason is Microsoft OS uh, has more weakness than other OS uh, because because of the uh, very unique uh, product strategy of Microsoft. Microsoft always guaranteed so-called backward interoperability. So even though they announced new OS, 
it guarantees that all the softwares can be uh, run on this new software. So, for example, even your Windows, uh, on Windows you can run MS-DOS. Yes. So the system is um, a lot more messy than clean software that Apple uh, used to. Professor uh, E, thank you very much for giving us that local perspective. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Good to have you on the line, Professor Yi Byung-tae of KAIST. And, well, that does seem like a major wake-up call for Windows and an inadvertent advert for its principal rival. So let's hope that spurs them on to bring us all into a safer environment here in Korea. You can text us your thoughts, pound or sharp, 1013 for 51 per message.